we're not winning until Solana is at least a billion TVL. And the next step, step is like 10xing everything, right? TVL, volume, users. What are the ways to 10x? The problem that we can solve for Solana is to drive liquidity. Let's drive broader liquidity for new tokens that are coming up because they need deep liquidity to build confidence and trust in their projects. This episode is brought to you by Das London, Blockworks' number one institutional crypto conference where all the top institutions and people in crypto are going to be this March in London, what's becoming maybe the crypto hub of the world. I have a link in the show notes where you can learn more and also a discount code that will get you 20% off. So click the link, find out more, and I'll see you there. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Lightspeed. Today, we are joined by Ben Chow, the co-founder of Meteora. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Excited to see you guys and Ben Chow again. Yeah, we're pumped to have you back on. We just had Ted Livingston on. He was the first guest to come on twice, and now you're number two. So uh, pumped to have you. Um, I want to get deep into Meteora and some of the strategy and what's coming next. Before we do, Meteora has a really interesting story. So I'd love to get that origin story from you and kind of that shift in branding and so forth and the learnings you've had over the last few years. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's let, let's get started. Um, I think we're one of the OG projects uh, in Solana now, which is just crazy to even think about it because uh, this was uh, 2021 when we launched. Um, but um, for those who don't know, um, our first project and uh, was called Mercura Finance, and you know we we raised money on that. We had a token uh, that was called Mer, and um, and we were we were part of that cohort of DeFi projects um, uh, that came out in 2021, uh, you know, like and did a bunch of whole like FTX st- style like launches. Um, and for those who don't know, Mercurial Finance was the first stable AMM on Solana. And uh, actually, at, at, I think at our peak, we had over 200 million in TVL. We were the largest um, source of UST liquidity, along with uh, um, uh, for those who before Terra collapsed. For those who don't know, <laughs> uh, there there was a point in time when that happened, and then um, we were the largest uh, stable liquidity provider for a while. And then Saber also launched and did Saber Sunny, and sort of we were in a um, uh, stable AMM war at that point. Um, so what happened was that when you know. Uh, FTX collapsed last year. Um, a large portion of Mer holdings were, were in FTX, and the FTX hacker actually also uh, took off with those funds. And so the token itself that that created a lot of uncertainty around the token. Um, you know, a lot of the DeFi tokens from that era weren't doing well anyway, uh, and the collapse just accelerated a lot of that too. Um, you know, and we took this time to be like, look, let's reset the whole thing. Where we built a new technical foundation, a whole, a create a whole new protocol called Meteora, and we create an entirely new, you know, token with clean tokenomics, um, and give you know twenty percent of that to our mer holders, right? And uh, this not only uh, you know cleaned up um, sort of the you know the the FTX side and and sort of the things that happened, but like because we were also in an aggressive sort of mini bull market emissions war with with saber you know this sort of reset the whole thing right and uh we had a lot of learnings like uh based on based on that time um uh and that I'd love to share but but you know you know one of the things we wanted to do was that we had been really building out these core technical foundations you know for 
for what, what is now Meteora uh, to tackle some major problems with DEFIS. Like w- one of the major problems is um, sustainability, right? So for the most part, and people all, always say this about AMMs, most people make money on the farming rewards, right? Not really on the fees. And and also the, the DEXs themselves, like, a, you know, I, I don't know how many people know this, but the DEXs themselves are not that sustainable. Um, a lot of them don't even charge protocol fees. Uh, they're reliant on their own protocol treasury. And, uh, you know, that may work for a, a short period of time, but over like, you know, you know, if you if you think about like, you know, wanting a protocol that will last like a decade plus, right, that will be able to survive multiple cycles, um, you need to have really strong uh, 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 protocol and LP revenue. And so we started building that foundation uh, uh, back a year over a year ago uh, so that um, uh, um, and, and the first leg of that was to build this like lending aggregator. So that allows, uh, that's very composable that we use in our uh, AMM pools that allows LPs to earn from lending yields and trading fees, right? This has, um, what's been really cool is that uh, we now have some of the most sustainable uh, liquidity pools for stable LPs. So you can go into, um, for example, our USDC, USDT pool, um, or some of our LST pools, like our USDC, USDT pool has like about 8% APY, right? Which is, I mean, not as crazy as some of the volatile stuff, but for, you know, stable, no impermanent loss, you know, it's better than the Fed rate. Um, and it's on a huge base. Like that pool is like three and a half million dollars um, so far. So, so, and it's all fees, like lending fee, lending yield and trading fees. Like there's no farming rewards. There's no incentives. Um, it's it's just like we're just trying to maximize the fees for LPs, right? Yeah, Ben, at a at a simplified level, just so the users following along, is it essentially you'll put your liquidity into your AMM, which will then get deposited into one of these lending pools to earn additional yield? Is that almost kind of like Wi-Fi that's on Ethereum? They have these vaults, for example, so you can deposit your assets in there, and then it'll deploy automatically across different strategies, trying to find the highest risk-adjusted yield. Yes. But it's it's composable. So basically, when you deposit in our AMM pools, right, you're earning trading fees, but the capital that's not being used uh, to power the trades or the swaps is being lent out to the lending um, uh, protocols to earn yield, and then pulled back when it's needed, uh, you know, for the swaps, which is like something that um, uh, is only possible on Solana. Um, uh, and uh, I, actually, I think there's a massive opportunity uh, in this in this vault system to take idle capital anywhere in a wallet, uh, in a contract, um, and earn yield on it when when it's not in use, and then pull it back and use it, and then redeploy it out. Um, th- this is actually for those in TradFi. This is like a, most businesses make money this way, like on the float, right? Like if you look at Robinhood, for example. They don't charge any trade fees, right? And that's how they're able to get a lot of users. It's like, look, you don't have to pay a fee when you trade, right? So how do they make money, right? They take that capital and, you know, when it's not in use, they, they earn interest on it and they, they make money on that interest. The really cool part about this is that, and, and if you look at like V1 of DeFi right now, is that everyone is competing on fees, right? Like if I want to get more users, 
if I want my users to make more money, I have to charge them lower and lower fees, right? Right, to be competitive. And that's like a race to zero. So basically that says like all the protocols are like, hey, for me to be competitive, I have to make less money, right? Which is not sustainable, right? You have to pay your team, you have to pay your operating costs. That's that's crazy, right? Um, the the to break free of that model, right? You need to be able to earn money in other ways, and this other way could be just earning money on on the idle capital. You you did all this work to build up your TVL, and you have idle capital sitting in your protocol, and you can make money like earning yield off of it, right? And share some of that yield with with your users, and then you're no longer that yield is no longer something where you charge your users up front to make yourself less competitive. It frees you up in in, in, a, in a massive way. So I think there's like this big opportunity that this system that we've built will open up. Um, it just needs um, DeFi to be a little. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think it'll be it'll be more relevant, uh, sort of in the next like bull cycle or the coming bull cycle as as teams get bigger. But it's huge. I want to just we we went a little technical there um so i want to i want to maybe zoom out a little more so you guys did mercurial and then um ftx happened and then you founded meteora um and then you guys also did jupiter i believe and you're still doing jupiter just gonna mention that just for people's mental models because it's a very complex world out there um what what did you kind of what was the main shortcoming that you saw with the current state of DeFi that you're like we must start Meteor like this Solana really needs this um, right was it mostly kind of the fee emissions from other protocols and, and how you want us to have I, I believe you called it sustainable yield right sustainability was is a big theme was that like the main driving force behind this yeah yeah if you if you look at it. Um, uh, I'll just use Saber as an example, right? Um, Saber uh, did a very, you know, a really powerful trick where they went, they dropped their fees to zero, right? Nobody was making money on the fees, right? But And they used the volume metric, right, as a way to kind of pump their token price. And then the, the token, the token emissions was how like people made money and, you know, they focused on that, right? There's a problem with that. The problem is that that mechanic, while powerful in a bull, does not work in a bear, right? Because token prices don't go up in a bear. So if, if, um, and that means, and, and kind of like what you saw and, and what's problematic is like, look, if you try these bull market tactics, you will die in the bear. You are not building a protocol for the long run, right? You need to build mechanics that are going to sustain you through any cycle, right? And that means you need to build up real revenue, real sustainable revenue. Uh, and that that was like the the big problem we tried to we you know we started to tackle um, at the end of uh, uh, during 2022, and we we are continuing to to build these liquidity systems that improve LP profitability, protocol profitability, um, and sustainable sustainability in all dexes. One thing that a lot of investors like Kyle Samani and Multicoin will talk about Solana for years now is that you can build new use cases, new products that you can do on Ethereum. And one of those is like AMMs versus CLOPs. But what's interesting is that Mercurial and Meteora is an AMM. And I think even 46% of the volume right now roughly goes through Orca. 
which is also an AMM. So I'm just curious how you think about that. And you're leaning into TVL here because you're talking about like the more TVL we have, the more we can you know put across these lending protocols and generate sustainable yield. That also kind of goes against the normal the ethos of Solana, which is like, no, it's all about capital efficiency, not TVL. Yeah, this is really funny. So I'm, we're, you know, the, the, the thing is, it's like, all right, the reason why people are, are so against TVL is that TVL can be gamed, is gamed through various things. And it's not a real, it's not a real leading metric, right? You really need economic activity, trading volume. Uh, these things are uh, a little bit harder to, to game and they're a better leading metric for uh, real traction. But, uh, you still need TVL, right? Um, and 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 the reason why is that um, you know to support to make Solana a true trading hub in crypto, right? You know, um, any trader wa- has to be able to trade at size with minimal impact. So, if I want to trade a million dollars of Pith, I can't do that today. If I want to move ten million dollars, you know, from ETH or Polygon into Solana with little price impact, right? And little fees, I can't do that, right? If if I want to trade, um, I, I'm not, you can't even do like 10 million, say in, in Seoul USDC, I think, without uh, hitting greater than, de- definitely greater than 5% impact, maybe, maybe more. So this is a barrier for institutionals. This is a barrier for heavy traders, you know, um, and, and it's, it's a, it, you know, it may not be, as much of a problem now, you know, because we have a lot of retail traders, but we need to set the groundwork uh, for this TV. We need to build this liquidity. So when, because all these institutionals and these whales are going to be attracted to all this retail organic trading, they're going to be like, wow, look at these volumes are great, right? And I, I want to trade. I want to move my capital in. I, w- I want to do it in the most efficient way possible. And and you have to you have to set, you have to have that liquidity set up beforehand because when they want to move their capital, they're going to want to do it um, frictionlessly. And if they can't, they're going to be like, oh, I can't forget it. Like, or maybe I'll DCA, DCA in, uh, but like that takes several steps. And, you know, you, you really need to, they can't just like move in, you know? So, and, and so it's a little bit early, but I think we have to do it now before waiting, before Solana gets bigger and people start feeling the pain and the issues like, why can't I do this? You know, like, um, and, and I think, you know, both Solana is in a great place now than say, you know, even, you know, a few months ago and Meteora is also prepared with its like upcoming launch to like really set the groundwork for this. So you just mentioned something interesting, which is price impact when you're making large trades. And a few weeks ago, maybe months ago now, I noticed a few Ethereum people coming over from Ethereum to Solana and they kind of had this meme where it's like, okay, now I came on Slana, I can now stake my soul and then stake my soul again and then stake my soul again. Uh, and it's and then maybe like swaps, like big, big size swaps would give them some too, too much price impact. And so, okay, so now fast forward to, to current date. Assume somebody from Ethereum comes over or maybe just somebody who's new to crypto comes over and they're now on Solana, right? They have a Phantom or Soulflare or Backpack Wallet. And they go on Meteora. So can you maybe give us like a masterclass? Like what can I now do on Meteora? What are some things I can do? What are some things you recommend doing? Um, just maybe walk us through that entire platform. Sure. Well, today, um, you we're probably 
the best place for stable liquidity um, and and LST liquidity. So if you're if you're an LP um, and you're very passive, you're like, look, I I don't want to take directional risk. I don't want to market make. I just want to take my stable like I have USDC, USDT or something. I just want to take it and earn some yield. You can earn around eight percent now. It's all, it's all sustainable. You don't have to. You can set it. You can set it and forget it. Um, don't have to market make. And when you need it to do something, you can pull it out and and, and do something. Um, and we'll get you the the best yield. You don't even have to think about farming rewards or when it ends or anything. You just just set it. Um, similarly, if you have if you're getting into soul and and staking and you're and you're you're taking positions in you know, M-Soul, G-Do-Soul, B-Soul, LST, um, uh, and uh, um, you want to earn extra yield on that, um, you could LP into our LST pools, which are similar. There's You don't have to worry about a permanent loss. They're stable. They earn incredible fees because they're concentrated, and um, they earn from lending and, and uh, trade fees as well. And you could also set it and forget it. Okay, you don't have to market make. You don't have to think about your positions. You don't have to worry about a permanent loss. You just want to put push capital here, earn some money, and come back later and 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 use it or something. That's really great. Um, and you can do that today. Um, the other thing that we're doing is that all our pools are permissionless. So if you're a token project and you want to launch uh, your own community coin, um, you can. It only takes one minute. And you can set up a pool with any token pair on Solana. Um, it goes live in a minute, and it gets integrated into Jupiter within a few minutes. Um, and you can set. We have some of the highest uh, price tiers as well. So if you want to provide, you know, if you're the sole liquidity provider for your token, you can actually make um, uh, some some uh, good money on the on the fees there. Some people have taken advantage of that. Like so, for example. Uh, Jupiter has the JLP token, um, which is capped, so no one can really buy it directly. So the secondary markets um, are the only way other people can buy that token. A lot of people like that token, so early people created a Meteora JLP pool with like six percent fees. It's like really high, and they were making a lot of money on the secondary uh, in the beginning. Um, it's gotten much more price competitive now, so that you can't really do that in the long run. But um, it's it's a uh, you know it's completely permissionless, and if you move fast, you can take advantage of it. Awesome. So just to reiterate, um, you can park stables and get eight percent, which is pretty high. I mean, Canada is even at five percent on the. So I, I will be doing that after this show, um, and then earn extra yield on your LSDs. And then three launch community coins. Um, so that's the current state of Meteora. Quick break to tell you about an upcoming event I promise you don't want to miss. It's BlockWorks' biggest and best institutional conference called DAS London. It's a two-day event happening in London this March. We're going to have over 700 institutions, 130 speakers, and a couple thousand of us all under one roof. Crypto is in a position for the first time to actually onboard these institutions, and they're showing up. We have companies from BlackRock to Visa launching real products in the space. We have the real-world asset narrative taking off. We have things like payments that have been exponentially growing. And then we have things like DeepEnd happening in the Solana ecosystem. There's a ton of capital right now in this institutional space is going to be coming 
on-chain. It's going to completely change the industry. Whether you are an institution or you're a retail user or you just want to learn more about what's going on in the space, this conference is for you. You're going to be able to meet some of the best and smartest people in the space. The speaker lineup is absolutely incredible and you'll get to hang out with me. But the best part is you actually get 20% off your ticket if you use Lightspeed 20 when checking out. That's Lightspeed 20. I put a link in the show notes. Um, I recommend buying this today because one, you'll forget about it. Two, these ticket prices go up every single month. So anyways, I hope to see you there. Now, let's get back to the show. What does it, so uh, maybe give us some alcohol. Like what is going forward? What are you going to be adding to me? Your, uh, what's, how is the platform going to evolve and what are you most excited about? Yeah, so we are moving into this incredible big next phase for Meteora. Um, so it, we, we call it like, it's our, our three-pronged uh, plan to grow Solana TBL, right? Um, and so, and it's going to include a new technical liquidity platform, um, a, a, a DAO uh, that is focused on, uh, that will be stacked with DeFi experts that, it, that will be focused on growing TVL and um, a set of massive uh, incentives for LPs to, to, um, to uh, grow liquidity on our new uh, DLMM. Um, for Meteora, for Solana, I think it's the right time uh, to do this. We need massive liquidity in a number of big areas, right? Uh, like, for example, ETH and BTC liquidity is still too low to really be trading, you know? And Solana is such a great place to trade those assets cheaply with, with very little um, fees, but you just can't do it at size. We still need useful bridging liquidity. Um, we're, you know, Solana itself is moving into Forex trading. We still need lots of, lots of trading on that and, and uh, deeper liquidity around RWAs, as well as even just more liquidity around Sol, uh, Sol USDC um, and some of the other uh, really popular um, tokens that are coming out. Um, so, uh, but our current set of pools weren't, um, weren't really designed for these types of uh, pairs. So we're the the we're about to launch what we call our uh, DLMM, our Dynamic Liquidity Market Maker, which is a new concentrated liquidity AMM on Solana that will be important in two ways. Uh, one, uh, it should help improve LP profitability, and it does this because uh, this will be the first uh, concentrated liquidity AMM to have dynamic fees, which is like super cool, right? And and basically, the fee uh, will increase as the price volatility increases, right? So, if there's a lot of trading, right, and sole price is pumping, right, the price is you know the price is changing and, and rapidly shifts, right? Basically, traders at that point, traders are less sensitive to fees, right? Like they're going to take that one two percent price impact or whatever it is to try to ape into that token or or buy that token, and that's the time where you want to be able to grow your fees to capture some of that fee revenue uh, um, from those trades. And our system will do it automatically. And right now we have uh, the system, we have, we have a, a pool that we've been uh, trying out that's like doing really well, but like um, it can go as high as 10% in fees, which is like insanely high. But, um, and this thing will just on its own, you don't have to do anything. It just, it just works. Right. Um, the second really powerful attribute about the DLM is that uh, um, you can uh, this is hard to share, share without graphs but you know it's a this zero slippage bin based uh, thing 
uh, a bin-based approach to liquidity, which um, you can think of it as like getting closer to a, a limit order book. You know, it's some hybrid between AMM and, and limit order book. But the real benefit is that you can precisely concentrate your liquidity and it opens up. So, so it's more capital efficient than the current stuff. And it opens up the door to uh, like a whole number, like richer LP strategies and all these new use cases uh, that, that um, I, I think are going to be very interesting to Solana. Um, one of them is that like you you can use this to to precisely DCA into a token. You um, you can also use this if you want to bootstrap liquidity for a token. You can design your own bonding curve without writing any program code. You know you don't have to, you don't have to do any of that. Um, you just like literally you know draw your own curve and sell your token on the curve. It's one sided, right? Um, and you'll do it. it, it uh, and, and you'll get all the benefits that um, I talked about, which is like the dynamic fees and and the and the, um, the ability to actually one really cool thing will be the ability to um, sell your token on this bonding curve and then take uh, the profits from that and but be able to set up a, a buyback price so you can kind of guarantee um, uh, a, a minimum floor price for your token if you're launching a token uh, on our platform. And that'll be like a really cool feature that usually other token projects had to like write code for, get it audited, you know, hopefully they didn't, you know, make any mistakes or anything. And um, after we launch this thing, you won't have to do that anymore. Like it'll, it's no code is needed really. And, and uh, you can do these really interesting things. That reminds me a bit of uh, Uniswap v4 with their hooks, and people can think of it as plugins. You can do all these customized strategies that other people deploy. Um, it sounds really complicated too. Like as a liquidity provider, like what am I going to do? So is that where the vaults come into this as well? Because if I'm just a typical retail person, I'm not really sure what my strategy should be to yep. optimize profitability. Is that where the vaults will play a role? So, so uh, um, I, I need to distinguish a few things. Our current vaults are lending aggregator vaults. Uh, not market making vaults. We're actually working um, uh, with a really good launch partner for the for vault for vaults. Uh, so we will have uh, for for people who want to access the the power of our DLM but don't want to actively market make. Um, uh, they can, they'll be able to use their uh, our partner vaults uh, to do automatic market making for them. Right. Um, so that's going to be coming very soon. It's going to be pretty cool. Uh, we're going to uh, probably stack incentives on that, but then also like, for you know, uh, I still think the best utilization for an AMM or any LP, to be honest, like is to be more active. Like th- the best way to to manage your 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 yields and and reduce some permanent loss is just to be more active. And and you can choose how how active you want to be, like every day, every week, every month. But the more active you are, um, you know, the better the better it is. And so, you know, completely passive liquidity just is not as performant. You know, these auto vaults do a good job, uh, but they're they're um, uh, you know, I do recommend for for advanced things like the deal not to take the full usage of it. You you do need to be a little bit more active. Mm. Do you think so? Solana has token twenty two. 
coming out and they have transfer hooks. They're going to allow you to like run programs before swap or some other action happens with the token. Is that something Meteor is working on or you see leveraging? Uh, probably, probably in the future we'll do it. I, I think it's early to be honest. Uh, I, I, we're, you know, like I, I actually, we're kind of in the frontier mode of that. To be, like, so a lot of people who are interested in trying out new tokenomics, uh, uh, you kind of gravitate towards, uh, you know, token 22, but like, you know, not all the wallets support it yet. Um, th- you can't compose on top of it quite a bit. Th- it's actually a little bit that, that standard is actually fairly, um, tricky because, um, each pro- token project can carve out which permissions it wants, you know, or, or it's, which uh, feature sets it, it wants for itself. And then it's on the, it's on the integrator. Like, so if you're a DEX, it's on, it's your responsibility to, uh, make sure that you, uh, um, uh, follow those feature sets. You you conform to those feature sets. So the 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 tr- um, the transfer permission, the permission transfers, and um, private transfers or something. Because the burden is on the the protocols to implement those things. I think adoption will be slower than we think, um, and it needs more critical mass of adoption before like uh, and, and a f- maybe a few big tokens to come out before I think we'll actually go in on it. Um, so anyway, I think it's early, but there are really cool features there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, if, if you are watching this and, uh, you want to work with it, Helios does have support for it. So, uh, give it a try. Um, so, okay. So DLM, DLMM is the big, big new thing coming out. When, what is the timeline for that? When can people kind of start playing around with this? Uh, like any day. In fact, if you're really interested, uh, we already have a, uh, it's already on mainnet, uh, and in, uh, a number of people have been privately using it. Um, so we'll, we'll be announcing like really soon <laughs> this whole thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I don't know if you, if you saw a tweet, I just did a tweet, uh, um, yesterday on like a little bit of a screen share oh oh, the really cool thing is you can watch in real time as trades happen against your liquidity and watch your 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 swap fees grow and your balances change it's it's really sick um so i don't think anyone's ever seen that before but it's it's uh it's pretty cool to watch did you tweet that yeah i did tweet it out i'll put it in the show notes if you're listening go check that out yeah um it's kind of addicting actually you just like <laughs> i i think i was I don't know. I was in a call. I was I was demoing it, and and we have a, a testing group that's been trying it out. And I was at like like answering questions. And I think in the time, I mean, it was like maybe four hours or so. I was like doing all this stuff and talking to people. I think, I think the the pool like the the liquidity I had made like I don't know like five maybe three hundred dollars or something three hundred dollars in the time that like we we're just talking. Um, and that was because I was able to concentrate that liquidity. Um, and really super tightly, like really tightly. And, um, and the dynamic fee thing was going off and I was like, wow, this is, this is cool. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was just like, um, so yeah, I, I'm really curious to see as we open it up, uh, we'll open it up in stages and like what, what people do with it. 
uh, I think it's going to be like, it's going to be a, like a powerful, like level up for anyone who wants to kind of try out some new, new, um, like LP strategies, like that they couldn't do before. Cool. Well, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, especially watching it in real time. That's, uh, one of those little like product improvements that you don't really think about, but once you see it, it's probably going to be like pretty addicting, uh, as, as you said. Uh, okay. And, uh, so, okay. One of the things I'm interested here is, so you, you mentioned composability a lot and a, a lot of the way that Meteora helps with sustainable yield is because of composability on Solana in a sense. Um, and I'm probably, I do have an unpopular opinion here, but one of the things that brings or opens the door to is going to be more risk, right? And specifically maybe cascading risk, right? Like if events X happens and something, since everything is composable, the kind of domino effect all the way throughout the ecosystems. How do you think about that? How, how do you think about risk, risk management, um, et cetera? Damn, that is a fantastic question. Uh, I, I, uh, cause we were butting up against this today, right. As a, as this, uh, we're composing on all these lending protocols and people think that like, okay, the more protocols you compose on the more risk, right. Which, which in a sense is true. Right. Um, but like, f- first of all, I'm, I'm a composable maxi because I think the, the end goal for DeFi is composability. That's the only way where we can unlock massive amounts of value that TradFi can't, right? We have to be able to compose, right? Uh, but risk is is sort of a big friction or barrier into that, you know? It's like, but if we don't overcome that, we don't get composability, right? But here's where I think it works for us because um, we compose, but we're, we're, we compose in an aggregated way, right? And so what what has kind of happened as a as a lending aggregator is that we have become, you know, we've we've become sort of the lending expert um, that is able to like um, assess risk in real time, right? So we are, as an aggregator, not only assessing yield but assessing risk um, every minute, right? We're looking at the utilization of the pools, and that is our sort of metric for risk. And when it gets too risky, we pull out, right? And what's cool about this is that actually this the the dynamic vaults the lending aggregator has been through like uh, three black swan events right the the last one was the um, when the Silicon Valley Bank collapsed and USDC depegged right which triggered liquidations right um, on lending protocols right um, all our users funds were safe why because we saw uh, those liquidations and the the, the utilization spike. And it's all software. The code just pulled out automatically, right? Like it will, will withdraw faster than a human being reading crypto Twitter saying, holy shit, what's going on? And then having to go into the, into their, into their browser. Maybe it's not working because everything's congested. They have to pay priority fees. You don't have to do that. Like, like as, as, as a, as a sort of DeFi composable infrastructure, we're taking care of that for you automatically and quickly. Right. And we'll move faster than you. And so, so the way I see it is that, um, you know, the yes, there's more risk, but you have uh, more sophistic, sophisticated ways to deal with that risk. And we deal with it in a number of different ways. And the other important part of that is that we're transparent about here's our metrics for how we assess risk. 
you know, which is we actually look at, you know, uh, the team, the code, the protocol, do you audit? We look at it operationally, like pool utilization. Um, and, and, um, uh, there, there's also, uh, also new protocols coming up, uh, that are able to assess the, the underlying risk based on liquidity pools. Um, and, and, and this is all happening sort of continuously, right? It's not like a one-off thing. Um, and, you know, so you're not going to get, so, so with us, I would say like, because we do this too, like we're not maximizing yield for, for people. It's sort of this balance risk adjusted thing. Uh, and I think this is the best way, um, you know, uh, to, uh, it's, I think it's turning out to be the best way to sort of approach risk in a composable way because an end user doesn't understand the intricacies of the technical risk and the, the, the financial risk. Whereas as an aggregator, we have to, on behalf of our users and, and, and protocols that compose on top of us, we, we become that, that expert and we build in the operational infrastructure to deal with those things continuously. So, so I think, I don't know, like it remains to be seen, like how things will um, play out, but I, so far, I think it's, it's working out really well. It's such an interesting topic. I remember, because you have to essentially vet some of these other protocols that you're integrating with. And I remember there was a lending protocol a few months back when you had this DPEG, I think, in USDC, and they had just hard-coded USDC to equal one, right? And so like that wasn't the case in the market anymore. So everything kind of fell apart. But it also makes me think, like, I have to shill Solana for a second. It makes me think how hard it would be to audit across different protocols, but also chains. So like across L2s, like if you're trying to compose across that, it has to be so hard because not only do you have bridging risk, you have smart contract risk, and then you have like chain risk. And just sounds like impossible. And on top of that, if you want to make all of these changes, like a quick sell or transfer, if you're using Ethereum, just like I used Argent, which is even more expensive than using something like a MetaMask because it's like abstracted, the fees are so high, it makes you not want to take an action, which is also another risk. Um, so that happened to me a lot. I'm curious, how is this... Can users see what, when they, as an LP provider, can they see where their liquidity is going? Um, or is it more of a black box? Because I think of BlockFi, which I think they had really good intentions, but obviously things just fell apart and people had no idea where their funds were actually being deposited. So I'm curious as a user, can I look and see easily where my deposit's going? Yes. On our UI, it, we have, uh, you can see all the distributions for every vault and it updates in real time. So every minute it's changed. And that's because we we also update like this is something that you don't see in Ethereum because and, and I don't think people believed us. Like we are moving capital around every minute. Like it's not because Solana is so cheap, we can do this. And so like if 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 all of a sudden um uh um uh drift yield lending yields like start to spike, you will see capital move out of like say Solend into drift or like Mango into drift. You know, it'll, it'll happen like that all the time. And it, and this is happening all the time. So, um, it's really cool. It's really cool to see. Uh, and, uh, and also like, you know, I'll just say like, you know, we've been quiet about the system for a long time because Solana DeFi, you know, you know, six months ago, even more just wasn't there. Like the lending yields were terrible. Like they were like below a percent or something. And so it was nothing to talk about. It was like, ah, oh, you can't really make much, you know? Um, but because what's cool is like, and this is like, what's great about bear market building. We were building all these systems. The yields were terrible because Solana DeFi wasn't doing great, but we had, we built the infra, right? Now that Solana DeFi is like growing, lending yields are growing. Everything is growing. All this stuff becomes like these really important flywheels. Like, you know, 
lending yields grow. So our aggregators grow. So our AMM yields grow, like because, and because trading is also growing, you know, so our AMM pools are great because trading yields are, are hot. Lending yield is hot. And like, and everything is starting to stack on top of each other. Um, which, which like it, if, if that was what we cared about in the beginning, we wouldn't have built that, right? Like we didn't want to solve these problems of like sustainability. We wouldn't have done it because you couldn't get those yields in the bear market. Like they just didn't exist. And so like, but because it was really important to solve these longer term problems of like, okay, we need to re- improve fee generation. We need to improve sustainability. Let's do this work, you know, even though it's not going to make anything in, in this bear market. Uh, and, and this is why I think you see these, these spikes in the bulls because people have built that infra. And now when the, when the bull turns around, all that infra starts multiplying the value of everything. So Ben, I'm looking at the Meteor docs. And we, so you have a few things here. One is your, your multi-pronged approach to driving liquidity in Solana. We talked a lot about sustainable and efficient protocols, uh, which is one of the points here. The other two points are supportive community and long-term liquidity partners. And then for upcoming steps, you have launched out and released locked met token to our stakeholders. Um, and then, you know, bootstrapping, long-term partners, and then sustaining, uh, researching and developing new systems and mechanisms that can attract and grow liquidity over a long period of time. Curious if you can maybe talk a bit more about those things that we haven't touched on so far that are in the docs. Yeah, love to. All right. So um, one of our goals is to make the, like, look, actually I said this, I, I tweeted about this earlier. I think we have really strong teams in Solana we don't we need stronger DAOs, right? We need DAOs that are going to like push the boundaries of what they of what you know decentralization uh should be, right? And uh we're, we're so one of our goals is to make um one of the most effective DAOs um out there. And we're doing it, we're we're trying it out in, in a few different ways. Like one is that we're gonna have a highly focused DAO. Like basically our DAO has one goal. Right. And one initial goal, and that is grow Solana TVL. Right. And it will have 80% of our token to play with in doing that. Right. Okay. The second thing that we're doing is we're, we're collecting like, like the, the, the best DeFi experts to help us, uh, to help the DAO, um, uh, you know, push forward strong proposals that are going to really make a difference. And, to do that, we're going to allocate, you know, I mean, this will be a proposal, but we intend to allocate 2% to incentivize those people, right? And they will be in the form of like um, experts who are advocates and champions, but also just on the ground people, right? I think there's a lot of on the ground DAO contributors in Solana who are awesome. Like they're like, they're like the most knowledgeable uh, folks. They participate in all these other DAOs. And, and actually they're the most underpaid people in crypto, right? Like some of these people are like community people, like community managers, um, and, and whatnot, right? Which are some of the most underpaid folks. And so we're carving out like, you know, these percentages for those people as well, because they're the people that are going to day to day, like, like, you know, make sure that the DAO is moving in the right direction and really do the heavy lifting on a lot of this stuff. So it's like both. Uh, both like the day to day and then sort of like the, the, I don't know, 
you could say KOLs or, or you know, experts who, who have influence who can help um, champion Meteora that are going to form like sort of the 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 the, the foundation of, of making this DAO really effective, right? Um, and the the last part um, is just like uh, you know incentives. So so we think the timing is good now. We're going to go super hard on incentives. Um, we have a really uh, a really great uh, plan for how the you know the, the token will roll out and and how, how things will happen. As I mentioned, like ten percent is going to be allocated, and we will like uh, aggressively you know um, em- emit that you know in in probably maybe I don't know in, in a few it'll it'll be a short duration. But following that, uh, we have one one thing that's going to be really cool. Um, we We've talked about this. I'll just tease at it. That's pretty cool. Uh, certainly Solana needs <laughs> stronger DAOs. And uh, this seems like, I, I think like the important part is having a mission and actually alignment on the one mission instead of everybody just doing random things. So pretty excited for that. Um, kind of on a side note, but sort of related to the dysfunction that comes from DAOs, which is kind of what made me, what uh, led me to this point. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of Twitter fighting, let's say, between DeFi people. <laughs> um, it's not specific to Solana by any means, but certainly Solana is, as maybe people come back to Solana and De- Solana DeFi specifically, there's a lot more eyes and more eyes means more competition in a sense. And there's been you know, a lot of chatter on the uh, interwebs, especially Twitter. What do, you, uh, what do you think about that? Do you think that's good, bad... What do you, you're like a DeFi OG, obviously, <laughs> you're a vest. Uh, what, are, what are some, what would you recommend to these, um, maybe people uh, in the ecosystem? Man, you know, I, I good, good question, man. Really good question. I, um, I personally try to stay away from those things. I honestly, uh, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan. I get it. And I think that social media has a tendency to be polarizing. And so like, if, if you're, you know, want engagement, you know, I think it's good, but uh, we're really interested in growing the pie. Like, you know, me, you know, in, in Meteora for Solana. Like, I, I think like, honestly, like we're not winning until Solana is like at least a billion TVL and the volumes grow insanely. And the, the number of users, like, uh, to, to, I think the next step, step is like 10xing everything, right? TVL volume users, right? I and I, I don't think um, you know the the kind of fighting amongst each other helps that. To be honest, um, I get it, and, and and I don't even mind like you know some people like you know I don't know. I mean, in some ways, in small ways, it's helpful, like you know, just to keep people honest. Oh, hey, dude, that wasn't a cool move or something, right? But I don't want, I think we shouldn't take our eyes off the prize, right? Like, I, I think, like, we need to grow this whole thing. Who cares what some, some other protocol is doing, right? Like, you know, if, if you really want to 10x stuff, right? Like, forget about whatever other protocols are doing. Let, what are the ways to 10x? Like, where are the new growth avenues? What are the problems we need to solve, right? And, and that's why, like, for Meteora's part, we're like, okay, our problem, the problem that we can solve for Solana is to, is to drive liquidity. Let's, make deeper liquidity for all the pairs that need to be traded at deeper liquidity. Let's drive like broader liquidity, like for new tokens that are coming up. Right. Um, 
and help them deepen their liquidity because they need deep liquidity to build confidence and trust in their projects. And it doesn't matter if like, you know, if a competitor does it or we do it or, or they do it for one token, we do it for another token, the whole thing lifts, right? Like I, I don't, I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm just not interested in getting involved in like, you know, these side things because I, I think there's just more important things to, to work on, you know? Yeah, no, it's a beautiful answer. I think all these token drops that are happening on Solana right now are going to be great for TDL, but the competition is also going to pick up because you've had a leaderboard right now just based on volume that you can compare the different protocols, but soon you're going to have price and price is like the ultimate thing that drives these discussions on Twitter. So it's yep. going to be interesting. What advice would you give just from what you've seen with your experience in the past releasing a token that these teams in Solana who I'd have to guess in the next year, we're going to see a lot of teams drop tokens. What, what, what are some learnings you've taken away that you think these teams should apply? Uh, for token airdrop, wow. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll ju- I'll just share what I think is has worked well for. I I think the Jupiter token airdrop has been a good example of what I think token should do. So, and that that's a few things. One is that get the community involved, right? Like have a discussion, right? That the, the team can have the final say, right? You know, but have like I think one of the things that has been problematic is like. Um, the team doesn't talk about it because they're afraid of like people gaming the system, right? And then people, your community has mismatched expectations. Some people don't get it when they thought they would get it. And, and or like people that you, you forgot about, like you just forgot this group of people, like didn't get it. And then they get upset, right? So if you get the community involved, you discover who are the people who care, who are the people who want it, right? You get new, fresh ideas on what could happen, but you decide. Like you, you as a team figure it out because you're the only one to balance all the concerns, right? Like, and, um, you know, probably what I would say is like, uh, I mean, tactically, some things that are probably good is, um, well, actually at a higher level, you know, you know, some people should be, maybe everyone should be like decently happy, you know, like, but not like super happy, right? <laughs> like, you know, like, and, 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 you know, make sure it's like, you know, the fairs, you know, approach, right. Which, which you can only do openly, right. You can't figure that out by yourself. Everyone's case is different, but, uh, large airdrops to the community, I think are really powerful. Like bonk proved that out. I think like the jupe airdrop has gotten people really excited because of it. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot, lot of, um, alignment in that because Jupiter is a very community focused project, you know? So, so if that's, that is sort of like your north star is is community and you want you want to build a strong community i, I would recommend like you know a, a large percentage of the token uh, go out to them and allow them to do you know uh maybe price discovery um and i guess like you know yeah the, the, maybe the only thing would be like uh uh maybe another tact- small tactical thing would be um you know um, w- would be like doing maybe a locked token sale and then a, and then a liquid airdrop later. But I mean, I- I'm not saying that you know anyone is is doing that. But I, I feel like that's a-, a good sort of order of things. Um, yeah, and then just go. Just I-, I guess people should should you know go. Like I think. Uh, oh, I guess one other thing that I've been telling our community too, because we're gonna have a lot of tokens, is. Um, Man, like we're definitely entering in this bull market. And I, I would say for holders and, and community members, like really pay attention to the people who built in the bear, 
and who are launching tokens, whether they're like big or not, you know, like there, there's definitely strong teams with strong tokens, but I, I would say like, like anyone who survived the bear, no matter what size, if they're launching a token, chances are they're going to be a stronger, better team, more focused on the long term than any new token that just popped out of nowhere from because of all the hype, you know, it's not a, a bet on tokens, a bet on team. You know, I think, I think, you know, you know, go with a team you trust. All right, Ben, I've got one more question before we close yep. up here. And I just want to ask you about, you're going to have a token and there's a big discussion going on right now with like the protocol treasury and what happens with tokenomics and yield. And um, I'm curious, I know the protocol just voted, this is Meteora, to take protocol fees to zero. This is in October for the next three months. So that's LPs still get a fee on every trade, but right now the protocol is going to get zero. Um, I know that's just probably to attract more demand. I'm curious how you think about that long term. And this is a little tangential, but related. You've seen the same discussion with Uniswap and they're discussing like what type of fee should we have? Should we have a protocol fee or not? But then you saw them come out, Uniswap Labs or the foundation, I forget which one, and they're going to charge 15 basis points from the front end which actually doesn't go to the treasury at all and isn't really related to the token. So I'm just curious how you think about that, like the monetization or the fee accrual, whether it's the token or the protocol. Um, yeah, just how you think about it. Yeah, no, great, great question. So so I, I think, um, so so definitely our, our 0% protocol fee is actually for a limited time. And, and the community voted for this too and had good discussions. We had really great discussions around it, right? Which is like, look, we're launching this new DLMM. We've got some uh, really cool offerings for 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 meme coins. Um, let's just help them make more money, right? And 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 part of it too is also to be honest, in this early phase, you don't make that much money anyway, right? Like the volumes are just starting to pick up, um, and they're doing well. But you know, in a bear, even where we are now with the volumes, even if you charged a healthy fee, you're not sustainable. You know, we're not paying salaries and and operating costs, right? Um, and so, so, so the goal is like, look, let let's just attract as much help, help LPs, help token projects, uh, drive deeper liquidity, help them become more profitable, build that traction up, and then later on find ways to make money. Now, that can be in fees, but then I, I also talked about this idea of making money on float, right? Like we could. We we actually do do this today. So the lending aggregator, those lending yields, the protocol takes a cut of that yield. So um, it's not all from the trading fees, right? And so um, now we'll do, maybe this will be a great discussion for our DAO, but we could say, hey, look, the more we take in the trading fees, the less volume, the less revenue for LPs. You know, there's a lot of pressure to not have have trading fees. Maybe we just take more from the lending yield. Like that could be you know, all the side of capital that, that doesn't impact any of that. Right. So, um, that's going to be a great lever for us, I think. And, and what's great about that is that that's super scalable and like, it's, it, it, that's actually about TVL. So the more TVL we have actually, the more you get of this and it has nothing to do with trading. So like, um, basically what happened, like, 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 say I have like some meme coin project, right. That had like, it's like, um, I don't know, meme coin X and USDC, right? Okay. The trading volume on that meme coin usually lasts about a week, right? And then it just drops, right? Okay. So your fees will, will, will spike for a week and then nothing, right? But the lending yield on the USDC side is forever. Like that is just going to keep going, right? 
And the more TVL you have, that more that you have. And if we, you know, if, if, if as a protocol at Dow, we say like, look, why don't we just split it? Actually, we're taking a very small percentage of it, but like, if we just say, Hey, look, you know, we split this a lot, a larger percentage, then doesn't impact any, any of the trading performance, the team, you know, and again, like the more TV we have, have the more that revenue works. And for like a team of a fixed size, you know, all of a sudden, like, let's say you have hundred to, you know, 200 million in TVL, you know, uh, maybe 50 million of that is in, in USDC, you know, you're, you're earning like, uh, actually the USDC lending yields can be as high as like, you know, four or 5%, right. But just say, okay, I'll, I'll earn 2%, 2%, right. And just on the USDC, not the sole side or anything. Right. So as this stuff just grows, like, like that, that should fix the sustainability. You can pay your team. You can pay your your server operating costs, your infrastructure, you know, which is really important. I I think the other secret that people don't talk about is that uh, the on chain part is a small part of what makes these protocols run. There are huge off chain infrastructure that every team is paying for uh, that 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 need to run for the protocol to work, and this is why a lot of in the bear you saw t- protocols. Like disable their like projects disable their protocol program the programs they just shut them off because they can't run the program without paying for the servers so uh, for their own infra so this is why sustainability can be so important because like uh, it, it's not just the on chain component that's a small component for a lot of these things and we need to be able to you know pay like pay for those things. That's really interesting. Yeah, I remember we had Ilya from Tensor on. He was saying how not, I think it's like 90% of their code base is off-chain. So that has to do with the data pipelines and the servers and all these things you're talking about. So yeah, I think people do forget that. Last question, I know I lied here. Does protocol own liquidity come into this at all? Could you maybe explain what that concept is and does Meteora think about that? Yeah, we're, we're thinking about that pretty heavily. Um, so so uh, right now we don't have protocol on liquidity. Most AMMs don't have protocol on liquidity. Lafinity is probably the best example of it. Lafinity is also a really good example of sustainable protocol, a sustainable DEX because it owns its own liquidity, right? Um, so instead of renting that liquidity, uh, so that model actually works. Now they took advantage of this uh, because they they sold their tokens in a, in a bull market. So they were able to get a decent amount of protocol and liquidity and then put that to use to earn fees for their holders. Um, so uh, we have been uh, talking about to various people about um, uh, acquiring protocol and liquidity. Um, and there, there, there's a big unlock there uh, in a few different ways. One of them is that, and people may not know this, but um, it, especially for US-based companies, uh, or highly regulated companies, even even euro-based companies, you cannot be involved in any market making, any of your own token, any selling of your own token. You, you can't do anything like that, right? Um, so so you know, um, uh, like th- there's there's a good synergy between um, uh, uh, allowing people to buy our token with their liquidity, so that way we can provide the liquidity for their token and not them. Um, and then uh, not only does that give them the ability to uh, for, for us to, to provide deep liquidity for their own tokens, but it allows 
our projects to be more aligned, right? So they get they get a big vote in our governance, right? And and also vice versa. So so we could apply that token to to voting in its governance. So so for strong projects that are focused on the long term, like us, we have been talking about that as a mechanism because there's a lot of synergies and benefits. Yeah, it's really interesting. I remember Durden tweeted, he's from Linfinity and he tweeted the you know, one hard thing about protocol and liquidity is it has this curse that people often evaluate your they tie your token price to like the treasury amount of protocol and liquidity. And they're like, oh, if your protocol and liquidity is only a hundred million, your token should be worth a hundred million, which is not actually, you know, how this would work in like a DCF or however you want to value a token, but it is something yeah. people consider. But um, I think that's really exciting, man. I'm I'm pumped to see what comes out of Meteora. We're really uh, we're really lucky to have you in Solana. Seriously, it's been fun to see the DeFi projects not just launch tokens, but also the people that survived the crash of you know last year, and then their projects right now are just taking off. So it's fun to see. Yeah, thank you, man. I, I I'm so glad to be a part of this ecosystem. Everyone here is super cool, really strong builders. Um, I feel like we kind of, you know, honestly, this is the way I see sort of the infighting. It's sort of like interfamily, you know, bickering. But really, honestly, everyone we work with see the bigger picture. We're all kind of trying to help each other out. Um, and I, I love that. Like, it's it's such a good... Uh, I've never been a part of an ecosystem that is has kind of come to... I mean, I mean, this is, I guess, the bear market does that to you. Like, come together. Actually, the bear market and I guess the Ethereum community is shitting on us. Like, so, like, like has made us have to come together and 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 work together and and that's i mean that's really cool like i i hope to see more of that agreed solana has the best vibes in crypto but uh ben thank you so much for coming on i'm glad this was round two this is a really good conversation so thanks for joining us yeah thank you for having me it's fun we'll see you next time all right i've got a little ending note here first thank you so much for listening to the full episode if you really liked it hit subscribe but secondly make sure you sign up for das this is blockworks biggest institutional conference happening in london in march i've included a link in the show notes and also a discount code get 20 percent off make sure to use lightspeed 20 when you sign up all right i'll see you there and i'll see you next time on lightspeed